0: We have two readings today The first is Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing He makes me lie down in green pastures He leads me beside quiet waters He refreshes my soul He guides me along the right paths For his name's sake Even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil For you are with me Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the second reading is Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 30. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. This is God's word.
1: Well, thank you very much to our readers. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm Simon. And if you could t- keep um, Psalm 23 open on page 555, that'd be very helpful. I guess to many of us, Psalm 23 is a favourite, uh, often known as a, a classic. You often hear it at weddings, funerals, that kind of thing. But In some way, ways, actually, I think over-familiarity can make it quite hard to listen to sometimes, I find. So I think a particularly need for us to pray now, really ask for God's help as we hear his words. Uh, so let's pray. Father, we know that your word is a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path, uh, so please uh, illuminate our path this morning by your word. Uh, Please give us ears to kind of understand and hear uh, what you have to say to us. Please teach us what we need to know uh, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, So here we are on the Sunday after the referendum, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, I know uh, some of us here would have voted to remain, others to leave. I don't want to know what your vote was. Um, I, but there'll be some here this morning kind of looking forward to the next few months, interested, intrigued about what's going to happen. Others, perhaps the whole thing slightly breezed over us. Um, but I do know that I think a lot of us, regardless of how we voted, are left feeling quite uncertain about things, quite unsettled, even afraid. We've got questions like, what's going to happen to us? Politically, who is going to be Prime Minister? Economically, how safe is my money in the bank? What about the housing market? What does this mean about my mortgage, about the property, about the value of my property? What does this mean for my job? How will this affect paying the bills? How will this affect just putting food on the table? How will this affect my business? Now, for all of us, I think this is a period of uncertainty now. For some of us, this is a Sunday we feel afraid. Now, what do we need to hear? See, Psalm 23 won't make those questions just disappear. Instead, Psalm 23 will tell us that what we need is the laws to walk alongside us, with us. We need someone to walk alongside us, to walk through this with us. So we will have very real questions. Some of us will have very real problems this Sunday. But if we know that the Lord is walking through them with us, then we've got all we need in Him. If we have the Lord walking alongside us, if we have the Lord guiding us, providing for us, there may be lots that we want, but if the Lord's my shepherd, I've got all that I need. I lack nothing in Him. So look down at verse 1, please, Psalm 23 page 555 first one, the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing if you're a Christian you are that person if the Lord is your shepherd actually you've got everything that you need so if the Lord's caring for you walking with you, leading you think as tenderly as a shepherd with sheep actually you have all that you need So this psalm actually is a promise. It's saying the Lord is like this today, if you're a Christian. It's saying he will be like this tomorrow. It's a promise. And this psalm isn't just wishful thinking. It's not just kind of airy-fairy, or wouldn't it be nice, or kind of nice um, spiritual waffle. Actually, this is written by David. It says there, a psalm of David at the beginning. And David is a man who knew tough times in his life. I see lots of other Psalms. He writes about his enemies who are pursuing him. Beginning of his reign, it was Saul trying to kill him. End of his reign, it was his son Absalom chasing after him, trying to kill him. He was literally manhunted in a military coup. He knew what it was like to have people running after him with a sword trying to kill him. Uh, David knew grief. He knew mourning. He'd lost a child. This psalm isn't just written as wishful thinking, it's it's borne out by gritty experience. This is what David's saying, I have experienced this to be true in my life. So David's first job in life was as a shepherd before he was called up to fight against Goliath. And he spent years as a shepherd looking after a flock. And so this is the imagery he decides to use in this psalm. So he knew that with a shepherd, basically, a sheep has got all that they need So you think, what does a sheep need? Life's pretty simple. You want food, you kind of want grass to eat, you want some water to drink, and you'd like not to get eaten by a wolf. Okay, if you're a sheep, life is fairly simple. If they've got a shepherd who'll give them that, they don't really lack anything. And also, sheep are pretty useless. Um, They're not very good at agriculture. They literally need everything provided for them as sheep. So that's what's on David's mind as he writes this. So he basically compares himself to a sheep with the Lord as his shepherd. So, what does it mean for him to say, I lack nothing? It means that all your needs are met by the Lord. So, it doesn't mean there aren't things we will want. Obviously, many Psalms are filled with prayer requests, like many things we want. It doesn't mean life is easy and comfortable. Many Psalms, this Psalm has enemies. We have other psalms, just psalms of lament. But it means that if I've got the Lord leading me through all this, guiding me through, I've got all I need in him. With him I lack nothing. So I guess we'll all be coming here this morning feeling in different places. I guess for some of us, um, life's fairly okay at the moment. Uh, We know perhaps what it means to lie down in green pastures, to lack nothing. And well, left that's you, this is a psalm to drink in, uh, remind yourself of and enjoy. To sing with joy, confidently. Others, are, others of us are here this morning and things are hard at the moment. Perhaps it feels like we are walking through a dark valley. Well, this is a psalm to take comfort in. This is a psalm that puts our eyes to our shepherd. It's a psalm to cling to. It's a psalm to trust because this psalm is a promise to you if you're a Christian. So three main pictures in this psalm of how the shepherd cares for his flock. We have the shepherd. That's verse one to three. Uh, Verse four is the companion. And verse five to six, a host. So that's how we'll look at it this morning. So verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So straight off, basically Christians are like sheep. Not because we're woolly. A sheep with a shepherd, basically, is not a wild animal. It's not anonymous. It's not like one of the pigeons on the street, you know, kind of uncared for and uh, not owned. Actually, sheep are bought at a price by the shepherd. Christians have been bought with Jesus' own blood. A sheep is owned property. Christians belong to Jesus. And this is a shepherd who provides nourishment. So that's verse 2. Have a look down with me, down with me please. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. So I grew up uh, with a farm down the road where I lived in Eastbourne. Uh, The farmer down the road was called Farmer Brown. And Farmer Brown was a shepherd. He had lots of sheep. Um, And I used to read this. He he makes me lie down in green pastures and think, what's the big deal? Um, So the Sussex Downs is full of grass. You can't go anywhere but for grass. It's fairly easy to make a sheep lie down in green pasture. We need to kind of think less of England, think less of the Lake District, and think more of Israel, where it's, it's hot, uh, it's dry, and it's dangerous. Uh, that's the kind of imagery we should have in our minds. And basically, sheep need to be led in Israel to green grass to eat. They wouldn't just find it on their own. It's the same with water to drink. They don't want to drink seawater, that's no good. They don't want, like, a waterfall or a kind of gushing a river, that, that's no good to them. They basically want a, a quiet brook, you know, a nice quiet stream where they can drink and be nourished. And so he's saying, David's saying that the Lord is a shepherd who provides. That's why we had Mark 6 read out by Ollie um, with the 5,000 people. Do you notice one of the things Mark uh, mentions is Jesus makes them sit down on green grass. Why does he mention that? He didn't have to mention it was green grass. Everyone knows grass is green. But he's making these allusions to Psalm 23 here green grass. What does he do? He feeds them with bread, miraculously. He provides for them. He says the words to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. They all ate and were satisfied. It's just a a fulfillment of this psalm. It's a picture of how the Lord provides for us. So essentially God provides for our physical needs So like the shepherd, he plans it, he leads us to it. It's why Jesus taught us to pray, as we just prayed in the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. So our Father loves to give good gifts. It's worth pausing, just think, every bit of food in your cupboard, every item of food in your fridge, every drop of water out of the tap, that's a gift from God. So we can trust this shepherd to meet our physical needs. That's what it means to say God gives all I need. And verse 3, he refreshes my soul, or literally kind of revives vitality, kind of gives fresh life. So it's not just physical needs, but spiritual too. So our needs for a meaning or contentment, security, the Lord provides them. He's the one we should look to for our spiritual needs. So physically, spiritually, he provides me with nourishment, so I, I lack nothing. And then he's a shepherd who guides, in verse 3. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So think sheep faced with many paths, many ways to go. Basically you need a shepherd to lead the way out ahead, so nowhere to go. And the Lord leads us along the right paths. Literally, it's paths of righteousness. Um, That's paths that kind of match the Lord's nature, uh, match his goals. And he leads us on these by his words, like a shepherd who calls sheep after him. God does it with us by his word, written here in the Bible, as Psalm one one nine says. Scripture is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So, if I'm kind of wondering, well, what should I do next? Where should I go? Well, our shepherd's guiding us by his words, and we can listen to it. He gives us his Holy Spirit to illuminate it for us, so we can understand it. He gives guidance. And I think this is very interesting. Why does he do it? Why does he bother doing that? Verse 3, he does it for his name's sake. So he doesn't do it because of who the sheep are. He doesn't do it because of how attractive and wonderful we are. He does it because of who he is. So the Lord guides because of who he is, because of what's in his heart, what's in his nature, uh, his nature is just to be a shepherd who guides his sheep on the right paths that 's who he is that 's his character. We can trust it. So that actually gives us real security and confidence. he doesn 't do it because of how attractive and good your performance is, but because of who he is. So I lack nothing with the Lord as my guide, so he 's the shepherd who provides and who guides and secondly he 's a shepherd who is our companion. A so that's verse four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. So imagine the sheep uh, moving through the fields and gets down to one of these dark valleys and the bright sun of Israel makes the shadows even darker. You know, what's behind them, behind the rocks, behind the shadows? Um, I don't know, uh, bandits, Thieves, wolves, predators, lots of unknowns, lots of dangers. And sometimes in life, those right paths we're led down might lead us through dark valleys. So I think David, he's doing this in obedience to God, often found himself pursued by people, literally trying to kill him. Jesus walked the paths of righteousness and it took him to the cross Think of the apostles, their persecutions, their sufferings, at stonings, shipwrecks, sleepless nights, physical illnesses. Think of the early church in acts, kind of hit by persecution, they're forced out as refugees, a famine comes. Sometimes in life, those right paths will lead us through dark valleys. And sometimes uh, we can see why they do. Perhaps in retrospect, we can see what was going on. Sometimes we really can't. But when we're going through them, we need to know it's not because we've made a mistake. It's not because the shepherd doesn't care. Sometimes to get to the green pasture on the other side, we will go through the dark valley. So David had known sadness. He'd known enemies. He'd known darkness. And actually this darkest valley, not just enemies. We could call it trials, sufferings, tragedies, disappointments, pains. The Christian is not immune from these things. If we are going through these things, it doesn't mean God's got it wrong. It doesn't mean God's abandoned us. It doesn't mean God's not our shepherd. But in those times, in the darkness, where's our comfort? Our comfort's not in the circumstances around us. It's in our companion. Who it is that's with us. Who the Lord is walking alongside us. See, the shepherd's not just out in front distant or up at the top of the valley looking down. The good shepherd who walks alongside us. Did you see that there in verse 4? How the language shifts? He says, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. So he switches now. He's been speaking about the shepherd, like the Lord is my shepherd. And he starts speaking to the shepherd. See that verse 4? You are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And it's a shepherd with a rod and a staff. Um, many years ago, as a teenager, I uh, went on a family holiday um, to safari in Kenya. And part of it, we went on a walking safari, mainly to see kind of, the birds and the wildlife. Um, but the tour guide said, oh, there might be some lions around. Uh, okay. Um, more dangerous than I'd like to on my holiday. But I wasn't worried, though, because I saw that the tour guide had a massive rifle and looked like they knew what they could do with it. So as long as that tour guide was with us with that rifle, I didn't fear And that's who we have walking alongside us in the dark valley. It's someone who's equipped to help us. Someone who's equipped to meet our our needs, physical and spiritual. It's the shepherd, you are with me. I was speaking actually this week to a Christian friend of mine. His name's Christian. We've known each other since school days. And talking to me, he's very happy for me to pass this on to you. But two years ago, he had a rock climbing accident. Uh, He fell and he broke his back, um, paralyzed from the waist down. And he said to me on Thursday, he said to me, "Um, Two weeks before the accident, I was fell running in Ireland, up and down mountains, cross country running. As I was running, I could just relish how good God was. His creation to run in, the feeling of running, just felt like a real time of green pastures. But after the accident, I felt distant from God for a very long time. I was in the valley the darkest of valleys, for six months afterwards, I felt distant from God. Now, two years have passed. I look back, and I know he was with me all the time. It was just so dark at times I couldn't see him. But now, two years on, I know he was there. He got me through it. He protected me. Actually, he comforted me. He said to me, I know Psalm 23 is true. So in the darkest valley, you can trust the shepherd. You can take comfort in the companion. You have no need to fear because the Lord's alongside you and he is your shepherd. So the shepherd, the companion. And then lastly, the host in verse 5. The host, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you imagine David's experience as a shepherd. And perhaps he's been out for days in the field with the sheep. um, And he's hot, he's tired, he's hungry. And he comes home to his family, kind of slumping down and just enjoying this Amazing feast, this comfort, and that's the picture we have here. Really, the picture is just of the Lord's generous provision. So David has no uh, trouble mixing his metaphors. So the picture shifts now uh, from sheep to being a guest, and to being a guest of a generous host. So verse five, actually, this feast, this table before him is so good that the enemies who are behind the rocks in the valley, they look on in amazement. Now, with this, this meal, those enemies, they couldn't stop it. There's nothing they can do about it now. Uh, verse five, his head is anointed with oil. That's a kind of peer, uh, picture of refreshment. So I think maybe after a really long haul flight, maybe to America, or Australia, or something like that, um, your host offering you use of their shower, You're just kind of freshening up. And that's the picture here, refreshment. His cup overflows, verse five. It's so a kind of, it's saturated, it's unlimited, it's thirst quenching. So this is God's generosity. He treats us like honoured guests. But actually the prospect only gets better from there. It gets better and better. Look at verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's that word follow, follow me, is like a sense of um, pursuing, chasing, David's probably thinking of the people who chased after him, his enemies who pursued him to kill him. Or think of a a defender in the Euros kind of chasing after the guy with the ball. It's a kind of pursuing. But this time, what is it that's chasing David? What is it that really pursues him? Well, actually, it's the Lord's love and goodness. I've heard these two described as uh, the two sheepdogs of God's shepherding care. These are the two sheepdogs that follow you as one of God's sheep. So actually, Christian, wherever you go, God's goodness and love will follow you, always. And God's not a host; He says, "I'll oh, just come and visit." He says, "Come and stay. Come and stay with me forever." Verse six, at the end of it, "I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." This is a picture of intimacy. It's a relationship, and one that's just going to get better and better. David's thinking of the tabernacle, the tent where he'd go and worship. But as Christians, this is a a relationship we're given with God personally. Not just as a a shepherd over us, but a friend alongside us, like a father to a child. And this is present. We enjoy it now, but it's also future. It's a future which we will enjoy in eternity. It's going to get better and better in heaven. So this is all promises to Christians. If you're a Christian here this morning, these are promises to you. Enjoy them. As a sheep, you will only be chased by God's goodness and love. As a guest, he doesn't say, Come visit. He says, Come and stay with me. Enjoy a relationship. The Lord is like this, the Lord will be like this. So be confident the Lord is sufficient for you. So we do have questions of uncertainty at the moment. I know some people's questions of jobs get thrown up, finances, kind of everything that um, the the Brexit referendum has thrown up. But believe from Psalm 23 that the Lord is sufficient to provide for your physical needs. The Lord is sufficient to provide for your spiritual needs. The Lord is your companion in the dark valley. Need not fear because he's alongside you. The Lord is sufficient to provide generously spiritually actually you're never without a home with the lord so the lord's my shepherd actually i lack nothing i've got all i need in him with him can i say if you're here this morning and uh, you're not a christian i'd love to say if you're not a christian don't just leave this psalm for your funeral I know it's a classic, people love uh, to have it at funerals and things. Don't just leave it for your funeral. Because actually these are promises for Christians. And actually at your funeral, it will be too late to enjoy these promises. So don't just leave it for them. I think as you go through life, as you go through perhaps dark moments of suffering, as you go through the ultimate dark valley of death itself, who do you want alongside you? Who do you want to lead you? Surely you want this good shepherd who's gone through the dark valley himself and has come out the other side and says, come and enjoy my shepherd in care. Come and enjoy a relationship with me. So don't just save Psalm 23 for your funeral. Take it home today. These are blessings we can enjoy today. So when Jesus looked at crowds of people, he said those words we have from Mark, he had compassion on them they were like sheep without a shepherd jesus said i am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep so jesus wants to be your shepherd he wants to uh, care for you like this shepherd does he wants to guide you through life he wants to walk with you in the dark valleys he wants to be your host he says come and stay with me he wants to welcome you into his heaven so come to him trust in him become a christian and you'll enjoy all these blessings with the lord as your shepherd because those of us who do, who have, but well, actually, if you're a Christian, you've got all you need. With well, the Lord as my caring Shepherd, the Lord is my sufficient Shepherd. I lack nothing. We have everything we need. Should we close in prayer? Father, we thank you that this is true. Father, we praise you for your provision. You make us lie down in green pastures. Father, we trust you. Please teach us to trust you. Father, we praise you that you give guidance. You lead us along right paths. So please lead us, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are our companion. Father, please may we know this to be true. Father, I pray particularly for those going through hard times today. Please may they know that you are with them. And Father, we praise you that you are our host. You are generous Father. Father, thank you that you share us with your love and goodness, that they follow us. Father, we look forward to dwelling with you forever in heaven. So Father, we thank you that you are a shepherd. That We've got all that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.